Bibles, I'd encourage you to turn to John chapter 11. We're going to be starting in verse 1. Again, that is John chapter 11, starting in verse 1. If this is your first time joining us, we've been going through a series, going through the book of John, uh, studying how God is uh, the light in the darkness. And uh, I can't stress enough with you, if you've never read the book of John, that I highly encourage that, that this week that you start that. Uh, as much as I love reading all of God's word, I know that a lot of times, especially with new believers or someone that right now is just not focusing on anything, that as I, I encourage them that book of John is the first book I encourage them to, to dive into, to get to know our Heavenly Father and to know His Son, Jesus Christ, that He sent for you and me. Uh, John has been doing a wonderful job going over many themes in this book that the author brings light. Um, but one I do want to stress this morning is that John does a wonderful job as he continues to write. Even in the very first book, he talks about witnesses and um, who do you say I am in the very first chapter. And so th throughout the entire book, as, as you read it, I want you to know that as you meet people or in, in this in these stories that you start to see where their hearts line up who do you say Jesus is and ultimately as you read the entire book of John you ultimately who do you say Jesus is and so I encourage you to to study um, the book of John and and if any of you are looking for a study partner I am I will make time uh, love continue to study God's word and how God is continuing to teach me in the book in John and so if you're looking for a study partner just um, just let me know after service and we'll work out a time to um, as we kind of learned in Sunday school today that God in Proverbs um, chapter 27 verse 17 says that iron sharpens iron um, as it, one person sharpens another. And so I want to, to encourage to sharpen you, and I know uh, you'll continue to sharpen me as we study God's word. Uh, and so we're going to be in John chapter 11, starting in verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village where Mary and, his, and her sister Martha. This Mary, uh, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. This is the one who humbled herself before the Lord coming and, and took a very expensive perfume, the, the most expensive she had. And usually that is saved for your own burial. But she poured this on Jesus' feet, just how much uh, that she adored him and... Um, and wanted to give him thanks. And actually, you can read more about that in chapter 12. Uh, but it's the same um, Mary uh, who did that. And so in verse 3, it says, So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Did you guys catch that? The Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, if you ask Tara and I, when we lived in Sumter, South Carolina, where, where's you know, the place you love to eat. I can tell you right now, one of the many places we love to eat, um, we loved a Thai restaurant that was right next to Shaw Air Force Base. We absolutely loved this Thai restaurant. And can I tell you, one time we went there, we ordered the food ahead of time because it was just a little bit of a drive. We drove, we ordered the food and as we got up there and we went inside, and I just remember it was just pouring down rain, uh, but we really, uh, you, you, if you would have had this Thai food, you'd go in, in a hurricane, tornado to this place and we drove right up to it and it was pouring down rain we run inside and we we see the the familiar friendly um lady behind um the desk and uh she looked at us very worried and um that made me worry 
Like, is our food okay? And she, uh, she looked at us, and as we notice, as we're looking at her, we start to hear water coming in the dining hall. Actually, a hole has opened up through the roof, and water's hitting the dining room. And we can see this, and she sees us seeing this, and she looks at us, and we looked at her, and we said, I'm pretty sure that's a health code, but we love you guys. We're not saying anything. Like, we just, just keep on making food. That's all we care about. We love you guys. And so it is a Thai restaurant that we love. And so I'll tell you this right now, that if someone said, you know, uh, James, it's the Thai place that you love, that's what I would come to mind. And so here, they say, they say, Lord, the one you love is sick. So even without saying a name, Jesus knows it's Lazarus. Verse 4, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for, the for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sisters uh, and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Instead of rushing there, he stayed there two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Now you need to understand something. When Jesus speaks, just as he just spoke, this sickness will not end in death. Um, just as he spoke that, or now he's saying, let us go back to Judea. There's two things we can always learn from when Jesus speaks. Okay, That, that first, we can hear God's heart. What God is thinking in God's plan. And the second is our heart. Does our heart line up with God's? And so whenever Jesus speaks, if you guys have a Bible that maybe wherever Jesus speaks, it's red letters, this is not making the black letters any less. All of this is God's word. But I can tell you when Jesus speaks, there's two things you always find out, what God's heart is and where your heart is. And so here he says, let us go back to Judea. And verse 8, but rabbi... You ever say, but this, you know, they're saying, they're, they're calling him rabbi, which means teacher. And so they're saying, but teacher, you know, they're saying you have authority, but they're saying, but in a short while ago, the Jews, they tried to stone you there and yet you're going back. So understand this. Jesus says, after waiting two days, even though he heard that Lazarus sick, he waits two more days, and then he says, let's go back. And then his disciples are going, well, I know why he's not going back, because it was really dangerous there. He was almost stoned. And now he says, let's go back. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then Jesus says this. Jesus answered in verse 9, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in, the, in daytime will not stumble, for they see this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. Jane, um, Jesus is not trying to confuse them right here. Jesus is, is just sharing with them. You see, they're, they're saying we shouldn't go back because it's dangerous. It's dangerous, Jesus. They almost stoned you last time. We see their heart, but here Jesus answers. He doesn't just answer and say we're going back. He wants to answer the problem. See, Jesus looks at our hearts and he wants to meet the heart of the issue. And so actually, Jesus says that there's time for that. Yes, there will be a time where I'm arrested. Oh, having technical difficulties. One second. 
There we go. There's still daylight. Isn't there 12 hours in the day? And, and Jesus is simply understanding that these are facts, that just as there's 12 hours of, of light, there's 12 hours of, of darkness. And he's saying that there is a time that it will come that there's darkness. But he says right now it's the light and you can see in the day. Am I coming in clear? Awesome. So, so Jesus very plainly is answering the question, the time is now. Yes, there will be a time where I'm arrested. But right now. Right now is time and it's daytime that it's the light that we can shine that, you know what? I am going to go and glorify the Lord. We have time. So Jesus is making it very clear to them. Verse 11, it says, after he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples uh, thought he meant natural sleep. So then he, took, he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I'm glad I am not there. Can we just pause it right there for a second? Did you guys just catch what Jesus said? He said, Lazarus is dead. Well, that can't be true, because Jesus just said that the sickness would not lead to death. And so, wait, wait. Jesus, hold on here. You just told me. And, and I could have sworn I read in John chapter 1 that you came in fullness of grace and truth. And you told me that this sickness would not lead to death. But now Lazarus is dead. And now you're even saying, I'm glad I was not there. Jesus, what do you mean this? But it doesn't stop there. It actually says, if we continue reading, he says, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. You may believe, but let us go to him. You see, when Jesus first spoke, he, he said that he was sleeping. And again, Jesus knew he was um, dead. But for them, they were still thinking physically. And Jesus wanted to be very clear that he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. And so he says, let us go there to him. Verse 16, then Thomas, also known as Denimus, said the rest, uh, to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that way that we may die with him. Verse 17, on his, revival, uh, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of, uh, of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if only you had been there my brother would have not died. But I know even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection in the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. 
As I said, that John does a wonderful job as we meet people throughout the passages that Jesus always brings them a point to, who do you say I am? Or someone asks, who do you believe Jesus is? And so here, Jesus coming to her, now again, she's upset. And she's probably still upset that, Jesus, I thought you said this sickness would not lead to death. And, 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 but she comes to him, and she loves him, and she just, she comes before him, and it, um, and, uh, and it says that, um, she just says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. See, they know Jesus. They're friends. They probably want to tie with Jesus. So, you know, that these were like, if they, if these were friends whom he loved, then these were like friends that I would take to the Thai restaurant. Like they ate Thai together. They knew each other. And so she knows Jesus. And she says, if you would have been here, if you would have been here, he would have been healed. We've seen you heal people. Jesus was taking a step further. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. He's talking about physical death, that even though they might physically die, they will live. And he says, and whoever lives by believing me will never die. He's talking about eternal life. Live with God forever. Do you believe this? And she says, yes, Lord. After he said this in verse 28, um, after she had, said, um, she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at a place where Martha, uh, where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house uh, comforting her, noticed her, how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who come along the way, uh, who came along the way with her, also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Actually, driving home from that Thai restaurant, it actually hit us that what if this place closed down? Like, where would be the closest place we eat? Like, we, we started to go through our head. I started going, thinking, like, maybe, you know, we just did a mission project just not too long ago, help put a roof on someone. Maybe I can get the teens, and we have people in our church that work on roofs. We can help this place so that we don't lose Thai. But the truth is, here is such a sweet moment with our Lord and Savior that He actually sees, as I said before, He sees our hearts. He sees her pain. And all of those also weeping, it says he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. And you know what he says? Where have you laid him? I want to go where you have laid him. He asked, and it, he says, come and see, Lord, they replied. And verse 35 is a famous verse. The shortest verse in the Bible, it says Jesus wept. I love this because, especially in hard and difficult times, especially someone like me who, who loves to talk and Honestly, when things are awkward or um, especially difficult, I cope with humor. And so I try to say something or do something, and that's how I cope. 
But that's not how everyone copes. But here, Jesus, it shows even a man in our Lord and Savior who loves us that he just wants to be there with them. That not that he has these words of encouragement, but he actually weeps and mourns with us through these times. And that we have a God and a Savior that is with us even in the difficult times. Then the Jews said in verse 36, see how he loved him? But, in verse 37, again here's but, but some of them said, could he have not have opened the eyes of, uh, the, eyes of the blind? Have he kept this man from dying? This is brought up three times. Jesus, why did you stay for two days? Why didn't you come? Why didn't you come? When he was alive. We've seen you heal. You have the power to do that. Verse 38. Jesus once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. Now, again, everyone is giving him roles of authority. They're calling him rabbi and teacher. She called him the Messiah. And so here he says, move away the stone. But we hear another familiar word. But Lord, said Martha. Another but. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man. By the time... Uh, by this time, there is a bad odor, for he has been in there for four days. Verse 40. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? You see, she says, But Lord, and, and I'll be honest, I am the king of excuses. But right here, God gives a command. God gave a command. He said, move away the stone. He, he wants to be where, where Lazarus is. He's coming to the place. He's mourning with them. And he says, move away the stone. But they said, but Lord, he's been there four days. You see, four is a special number here because even Jesus was dead for three days when he died on the cross. The reason why three and four are important is because back then, there was no one checking pulses when someone was unresponsive. Back then, they didn't have any devices to, to show that if someone was, was actually dead or not. And so what they did is they put them in the tomb because they were unresponsive. They could have been in a coma or something. But what would happen is sometimes they would wake up or get up, and then they would come out. But if anyone was ever in the tomb for three days, they knew they were never coming out. Because guess what? We can't go three days without what? Water. If anyone was in the tomb for more than three days, they were dead, dead. They're not coming back out. There was always kind of hope maybe for day one or two. But if they're in there for three days, there's no way they're coming back. Especially four days. Here, this is four days. And Jesus says this to her. When she sits here and makes a comment, and I, as I said, I'm the king of excuses, so many times God speaks to us, and don't we find all kinds of opportunities to say, well, God, I got this going on, or God, I, I don't think you see what I see right now. This is not going to work. We make excuses, but here Jesus says, 
Did I not tell you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. If there's anything you'll take home today is know this, that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. I just was talking with the teens these last couple of weeks. We went about the attitudes of the heart and we talked about loving God. You see, God tells us to love God and to love others. And the thing is, is we know how much God loves us. He pours into us. He sent his son to us. But when he gave a new commandment to his disciples, love God or love others as I have loved you. When he gives this new command that we don't always take it as a command. We take it as, oh, if you can, or if it works out in your schedule. But when Jesus, who is The Son of God gives us a new command to say, love one another as I have loved you, as I have cared and poured into you, love others. And we need to understand is we have to ask ourselves the question, do we love God? If we love God, as as much as we know God loves us and his actions follow, do we follow through obeying his commands? And so here was a simple, just move away the stone and she's already, but Lord. You see, this whole time, Jesus waiting two days was because even though people believed in Jesus and they saw the miracles and the signs, but to see him raise someone from the dead. See, there's a line, James, and you got to understand when he's dead, he's dead, dead. If only you were here, Jesus, just two days ago, if you were here when he was sick or, or Jesus, if, if only you knew what my school was like or my job was like, you know, if only that something could change, but you, got, you don't understand. You, you don't know what my job or what my school is like or my situation. You, you got to understand there's a line here. It's too late. Verse 41. So they took away the stone and then Jesus looked up to heaven and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew, that, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of those people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Then the dead man came out. Did you guys hear that? Then the dead man came out. Do you believe that? That God can even raise someone from the dead? That no matter what situation you have in life, that Jesus can bring life to it. It says the dead man came out and his hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen and cloths around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This passage is about the resurrection. Jesus did many miracles. But Jesus did not just raise himself. He actually raised others. Lazarus was raised from the dead. And we live in a world and a culture where there's darkness. As John's been been teaching us, we've been going through the book that how Jesus has bring life and light to all situations. And I'll I'll be honest with you. There's times where I've even thought and with situations and services, how can any good come out of this? Do you understand that even though these people knew Jesus and loved him, they believed that death was further from him. That, that, that even though we believe you came from God and we see the signs, but if only you got here earlier. You see, Jesus did come in fullness of grace and truth because here when he says in verse 4, he says, this sickness will not end in death. 
I would like to go over just the verses Jesus spoke. And I'd like for us to maybe apply that to our lives. Sometimes when we read God's word, it's easy in hindsight to go, man, they should have thought this. I mean, if only they would have known, like they could have done this. But the truth is, is we don't think that the same way here, that we still serve the same God. That we can treat God as God. That he is greater than all circumstances, that he is in the midst, that he knows your hearts and all that you're going through, and that he loves and cares for you. That he weeps when you weep, and no matter what situation feels dead in your life, that God can bring life. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that God can bring life into your marriage? Do you believe God can bring life into your family, into your work, into your schools? into your community, into our church. Do you believe God can bring life? Because I'll tell you this, that the minute he said, he said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? I'll tell you this, that if we walk out of these doors believing and obeying God, when he says, move away the stone, I'll tell you what, we gotta be ready for life to show up. So we're gonna go through these verses really quick, and I wanna just hit on these very briefly. It says here, very first one is verse four. He says, this sickness will not end in death. What if I told you right now, God cares not just about the physical, but he thinks of the spiritual, the everlasting. God says that this does not end in death. He knew where Lazarus was. And even though he was going to resurrect him, he's talking about also eternal life. He says, no, it is not for God's glory. So, um, so that it's God's son may be glorified through him. Did you know after this, so many people, those that were all the Jews that came to be there with Mary, that God used us. He waited two days as an opportunity for all those to see that he is the son of God. What about verse 7? Then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. That would be hard for some of us to swallow right now to say like, hey, let's go back to where it was hard. I know that there might be someone, maybe it's a family member, maybe not, that maybe you crossed paths in a bad way. And guess what? You've been very angry at that person for a long time. You've been holding things against them. Or, or maybe they're holding things against you and that, that all it is right now is there's just no hope for any reconciliation. But what if I told you that Jesus wants to go back there? What if I told you God wants to bring healing and life even to that relationship? You see, Jesus came to save. Jesus came to heal. And there's no line, there's no limit that he can't cross. Here they are just saying, if only you were here before he died. You see, our God is limitless. Our God is greater than all things. And he created me and you. And he cares for us and our relationship. He cares about every aspect of our life, not just the big things, but even the little things. He goes on, he says, let us go back there to Judea. Let's read the next part. He says, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in daytime will not stumble for they will see uh, by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble for they have no light. Can I tell you right now that he was telling the disciples, even though they were worried about going back there, he says, there's time. Guys, if anyone in this room fills up their time, it is me. I say yes to everything someone asks. I'm, it's very hard for me to say no. I love helping, love doing things. But the thing is, is that I easily fill up my schedule. And you know what that can do? That can distract me from God. 
Not saying that helping is a bad thing, but can I tell you right now that he says right here that there is time. That we might think that there's, you, James, you don't understand. You don't know what's going on with my office right now, my business. Uh, God, you don't, James, you don't know what's going on with my school. But can I tell you, God's saying that there's time right now. He's saying that there's 12 hours of daylight and there's going to be a time where we don't have time. But right now, there's light. And he's saying that you and I can seek God's glory. We can be a part of his kingdom and right now be a part of that. He's telling them we're going to go back to Judea. We're going to go back to that hardship. Verse 11, he says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. We hear God's heart. He cares and he wants to bring life to the situations. He goes on and he even tells them plainly, he is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. Now you see, in hindsight, God has been making this plan from all the beginning. The same God back then is here with us today. Even though we might not see it in our hardships, in our trials, or what is going on in our lives, God does see it. But God is saying right now, he says, so that you may believe. But let us go forward. Verse 23, he says, your brother will rise again. The wonderful thing is that we have our hope in Jesus Christ that he rose from the dead, that it's not just this life. God is talking about eternal life, that we will live again. He says, I am the resurrection and the life that the one who believes in me will live even though they die. But whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus can bring life to any situation. Are we treating our God as God? You see, I love God, but I'll be honest, there's days where I take him for granted. There's days where I don't wake up and put him first. And I'll tell you what, those days are not as great as the days where I treat him as my Lord and Savior, that I wake up putting him first, that I'm seeking his will. And I'll tell you what, those, every one of those days, I remember of what God has done in my life. But you see right here, he says, do you believe this? He says, because I am the resurrection. God can bring life no matter what it is that you're going through. Verse 34, where have you laid him? Jesus wants to be where you are. Jesus wants to be where the situation is. It's not that Jesus is far back and says, you got this. Jesus wants to be where you're at. Verse 39, he says, take away the stone. Is there an excuse in your life that we easily say to ourselves? Is there something that we put before God right now that is preventing us from allowing God to work? Verse 48, he says, did I not tell you that if you believe you'll see God's glory? In verse 41, he says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. You see, the cool thing about this is that he says, I knew that you always hear me. What if I told you right now, whenever you pray or cry out to God, he hears you. He hears every word, every thought, every groan of the heart. God hears all of that. God cares for you. And, and you know what? And Maybe you're like me and seek instant gratification. We want God to answer right away. They wanted God two days ago. But you know what? Jesus' ways are not our ways. 
God's ways are not our ways. And you know what? But his ways are better. And it's trusting him. These last two verses is what I would love for you to think about as we go into prayer. Two things. This is verse 43. He says, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. He says to the dead man, hey, come out. You are now alive. See, God wants to speak life into that situation of yours. As we go into prayer, I would like for you to think of one thing in your life that might be dead right now. Is it, is it a relationship? Is it a situation? Some of you, it might even be your relationship with God. I want you to think of one thing that feels dead to you, that there's no life in it. And the second thing I want you to think about is this last quote that Jesus says. In verse 44, he says, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Some of us would think that that's just common sense. If he's out of the grave and he's coming out looking like he's dead, he should just take that off. But Jesus says it. So why does he say it? And it's because the truth is, is a lot of us ask Jesus to come in to our lives, but a lot of times we go back and living as our old selves. See, Jesus desires new life. Lazarus is no longer dead. He is alive. Stop treating him like he's dead. Jesus wants to transform our lives. And if you do not have a personal saving relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. And that even today, God wants to breathe life into you. And when we confess our sins, and what that means is that when we repent, if we are willing to say that I have sinned, I've sinned against you, God, I've sinned, um, and we ask God for forgiveness, that God hears everything that we say. God hears that. And you know what? And God also promises that he forgives us. But a lot of times we stop there. A lot of times when we think that our sins, all the weight, of the, the burdens, the shame, all of that we carry, that God, when he forgives us, man, it, it is amazing that we have a God that loves us so much and forgives us. That all that weight goes away. And we've just, we're so happy and content with that that we sometimes just go back to our lives. But you need to understand that that's just the beginning of our walk with him. That when we ask God into our lives, that we ask to be forgiveness of our sins, that guys, it says that God creates us a new heart, that we're a new person, that we shouldn't keep putting on the grave clothes. We're not, we're no longer spiritually dead. We're alive. And so I want you guys to know that that is the beginning of your walk with him. And so when we pray, we're about to go into prayer. I want to continue what John's been doing on Sundays, which we give an opportunity at all the altars. And you can still pray at your seats, but we want you to know that you're welcome to come forward. John's going to come up and, and play a song. But I want you to first think about something that is dead in your life. And the second is this. If you believe that Jesus can raise Lazarus from the dead, do you believe Jesus can bring life to that situation? Because if so, then we need to be able to take off the grave clothes. We need to not longer be the same person we once were. That God desires to bring new life. And so I encourage you now, I'm, I'm going to be over here to the right. And this is kind of something John's been starting the last couple months. But if anybody wants to come forward and, and, and maybe it's to recommit with their relationship with God, or maybe it's your first time that you want to have a personal saving relationship with Jesus Christ, I want, I want to help you with that. Not that it's my words, but I want you to help you with the process and, and come in before the Lord. 
I'm going to ask uh, if Ken would come forward, and maybe Randy, if you don't mind. Um, but they're going to be up at these two altars, and maybe, maybe you, you have someone in your life that is sick or hurting or a situation. I want you to know that we believe in the power of prayer and healing, and I want you to know that if, if, if the thing that seems dead, if it seems like there's a limit, I want you to know our God is limitless, that our God is greater than the circumstances, and I want you to know that Ken and, um, Ken and Randy would be willing to pray for you, and there's even anointing oil that would even anoint you, and the one that is sick to pray over them. And there's also altars over here, or if you just like to pray at your seats, I would love for you to take a moment just to pray with God. You see, something I do with the teens is I take a moment of silence before we pray. For, for, for them, some of them to digest the message in God's word. But maybe, I don't know how often you talk with God alone. But maybe this is an opportunity for you to talk to him that if there's something maybe just as speaking this morning, hearing God's word, that you found something that is dead in your life, but it's asking God to breathe life in that situation. Because I'll tell you what, if you believe and if Jesus is the life and the resurrection and you ask him to be a part of that situation, I'll tell you what, he's going to come. He hears your words and God's going to use you. Maybe it's you praying about how I'm going to take off the grave clothes and how I'm going to live in that situation, how I'm going to be at work, how I'm going to be in our community, how we're going to be in our families or our marriage or in schools. God desires us to be that light to those around us. But I want to give an opportunity this morning to know that God came. If we're willing to move that stone, if we're willing to whatever's holding us back, to believe that our God as God. He's the creator of all, that there, he is limitless, and he came to bring healing into our lives. Today, he wants to move just as he did with Lazarus. He wants to breathe life in you and me. He wants to breathe life in our community, in our church, in our, in our world. So join me in prayer, and I invite you as we sing the song. Well, I'll tell you what, as we sing the song, I invite you to come up, and at the end, I'll take a moment of silence, and we'll, and we'll pray. Let's sing.